0: Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship and dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. This is Dr. James Johnson and I am here with Nick Houston. Nick, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Glad, Glad I thought, to be
0: back on the air. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's just you and me today. We usually have somebody with us, but we, uh, we're we changing things up a little bit at the Dialogic Disciple podcast, and we're going to start scheduling out our podcast to um, uh, tackle different topics, different issues, and not just do the standard interview thing that we have been doing. I've enjoyed doing those. Those have been fantastic. It's been good to get to know people that it way. It really has, and we're going to continue to do that, but on top of that, we also want to t- tackle some other issues, talk about some other things. So, uh, Nick, today we're going to, today's our day of spiritual practice. Um, And so I I wanted to start today by having a conversation with you about uh, spiritual practices in general. When I say the word spiritual practice or spiritual discipline, what do you think about? I think about weird, mythical, like mystical people.
1: Doing like
0: <laughs> mythical, as in like unicorns and centaurs.
1: I said mythical. I meant mystical. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, that's there's a when when you say spiritual practice, I think of a very
0: metaphysical kind of a experience. Okay. It's it's uh like an ecstatic experience, some kind of being raised out of yourself or pulled out of yourself. Yeah. Into, yeah. I
1: think yeah. about when. Doctor Strange
0: gets pushed out of his body. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people have that feeling, um, and certainly that is a spiritual practice. Uh, <laughs> as uh, where today we're going to talk about prayer, and as I was doing some research on prayer uh, in in preparation for this, uh, one of the one of the forms of Christian prayer that's most popular. Uh, throughout the ages, I don't know if it's most popular, but one of the things that's been practiced is a prayer of ecstasy, a prayer of trying to to come out of yourself and 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 into communion with God. Hmm. Which I thought I've never tried that before. I don't know. I don't know how that would go for me. I don't think mom would be on board with that one, Jay. <laughs> that, that that wasn't in our uh, Baptist upbringing, was <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, it? Nope. Um. So spiritual practices are a little bit more and a little bit less than that. They are, um things that we do in our life that uh help us to form ourselves uh, to to help the holy spirit to form us as as disciples of jesus christ um they can be uh they can be as basic as prayer or worship or um uh, giving what about my daily devotional yeah so uh, absolutely that's a spiritual practice right uh, but they're dis- basically things that discipline us and, and shape us and help form us into the disciples that we're supposed to be. You can also talk about them in terms of uh, a means of grace, as John Wesley did. He talked about um, things that that are be- that things that are a uh, an opportunity for God to pour His grace into our lives. Um, and uh, what's the word he uses? They become an outward sign of an invisible grace. or mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that we do uh, that can include something as specific as communion, something like baptism. Those are practices that we participate in. But when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, we're talking about things that we do on a regular basis uh, that help to shape us and shape the world that we live in, shape, help us to become better disciples.
1: You know, for the sake of conversation, I like to think about – Other disciplines that we practice too.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good. Um, So, what what are some just regular disciplines that you think you practice? uh, Like some
1: hygiene disciplines. Okay, yeah, like right. I shower on a regular basis. You You brush your teeth mm -hmm. twice a day. Yeah, yeah, and you do it like routinely. You do it so regularly that you like you don't even think about it. I don't stand around wondering if I should brush my teeth this
0: morning. Right, right. It's just it's built it's built into your daily routine. I think routine, you said that. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, anytime
1: we have a conversation about spiritual practices, um, not so much recently, but I, it has been really convicting in the past because I was so good about exercising. Yeah. I had a really great routine of working out. You
0: go to the gym and...
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, this these days a week. this is what I do. I get up at this time and I go to the gym and I spend my hour lifting weights and jog on the treadmill for a minute and then it's time to hit the shower and go to work like it was such a routine practice and i didn't have the same discipline in some spiritual practices yeah that i did
0: with the physical practice did you get to the point where you didn't even was it like brushing your teeth where you were like it's not even a question of whether i'm going to do it or not i'm this is just my routine that's what i do yeah yeah how did you fall out of it uh Life disruptions. Life disruptions. Now, have there been any life disruptions over the past couple of years for you? Or um,
1: I, what? Really, what started it was um, I got a puppy.
0: <laughs> that is a life disruption. And I had to take care of
1: that puppy. My wife was like, you know, you can do whatever you want as long as you take that dog with you. So, since I had a puppy, I needed to be around. I couldn't form my schedule to that anymore. And then we have COVID hit. Right. And so even if you were ready to go back and get on that schedule,
0: yeah. Are the gyms stuff even shut open now? Is that something that's even... They
1: are. They are. They've gotten opened up again. but
0: Having a puppy, does that come with a, a form of discipline in itself? Yeah. 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 That schedule, man, it's got to be rigid or else you're going to be cleaning stuff up off the floor. Right. Right. That's a, probably a good metaphor, uh, I mm. would think. Something that we might be able to employ. If you're not if you're not good with your spiritual disciplines, then you might be cleaning, cleaning yourself up off stuff up off the floor. Yeah, off the floor. Right, yeah. Oh, or off the fan yeah. or the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever it may be. Um, I thought about getting Kiefer a puppy, and uh, I feel like I'm going to end up doing most of, the, most of the labor behind that, so I um, decided not to get her.
1: Well, baby. and, the, and the, just so you're aware, it doesn't matter if Kiefer is 5 or 15, you're going to end up doing most of the labor. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so probably not going to happen. That's been my experience. We let our kids get a cat. We thought that would be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing you have to do for a cat need. is
0: clean out the box. And they won't even do that, huh? I have to remind them. <laughs> <laughs> they have those self-cleaning litter boxes now that you can get I have a 13 year old
1: <laughs> of course it's not working out great for me maybe I should just invest in the self-cleaning one
0: so when we talk about spiritual disciplines um, do you do you feel like you have any spiritual disciplines right now that, that you engage in that are that are do you just do without thinking about. Like these are this is what you do on a regular basis. I, I tend to be myself I tend to be like I have a pretty regular prayer schedule, um, but it's not abnormal for me to to miss the certain time that I want to do it and end up, you know, pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. Yeah, I don't I do not have a spiritual discipline built in as
1: rigidly as I do brushing my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I have had at times in life I've thought, you know, I'd really be I'd just be nailing stuff if I had the discipline to do everything at home well, and be at church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. hit the gym every morning and make sure I was always on my daily devotional like I'm doing the disciple Bible study. Yeah. That I was getting that reading done every day. Usually that reading doesn't get done every day. That reading gets done
0: all on Saturday. (laughs) Um that's kind of the point of disciple though you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis because they're trying to train you right to -hmm. to discipline yourself as a disciple right Right.
1: so this is going to be a major like a major undertaking (laughs) to do these spiritual disciplines with you and and really get them ingrained
0: i I think it's going to be uh i think it's gonna be great practice for both of us and uh, i hope i hope and my invitation is for everybody who listens to the podcast to join in with us and uh uh, if we if we could take phone calls you know we'd be like, "Oh well, how did, did it work for you you know but we could have some way of, of people engaging us and letting us know how it went for them um we're gonna start with a simple one something that we should be doing anyway something that is it, maybe the most essential thing that we do as christians uh it's it's more it's more important than food and water it is is about what we breathe and that is uh prayer right praying to god um prayer is um was was a an everyday component um, of Jesus' life. It's something that we find all throughout Scripture. Um, prayer for me has always been something that... Uh, my, my my understanding of prayer has changed a great deal uh, as I've gotten older, and I think that's probably true for most people when we're little kids. We think of prayer as being like asking God for things and asking God to take care of our family and things like that. As we get older uh, and, and mature in the faith, uh, prayer becomes much more than that and there are different kinds of prayer and different reasons why we pray um, what kind of what kind of uh, presence has prayer had in your life growing up always prayers before bed and always
1: prayers before meals yeah you know we always thank God for the food um, and bless it to nourish our bodies and us to thy service you know yeah there's all everybody's got their yeah. mm-hmm. their road nourishment in there
0: yeah, 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 yeah the nourishment of our body <laughs> um no i grew up the same way like uh I, I in fact when i was a kid when i was uh eight or nine years old uh, and, and before that even but i just i just remembered a particular period of my life uh, where i felt as though if i didn't pray for my grandmother or my grandfather at night like something bad might happen to them uh in the uh, in the day, you know in the evening or the next day or something like that and i always felt sometimes i'd wake up in the middle of the night saying oh i forgot to pray and i had a specific like structure of prayer where mm-hmm. um where i would ask for forgiveness obviously of all the sins that i committed that day yep and uh for protection for my family and uh, you know if i had something you know that a new bike or something that i wanted i'd be like you know right and throw that in there at the very end you know yeah. myself last uh, but it had, it had a very, uh, very liturgical kind of structured way of praying. Even as an eight-year-old little Baptist conservative kid, basically. did you ever, were you ever told that if you didn't end it in Jesus' name, oh, it, that's the only way it gets to them.
1: It bounces off the ceiling. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have in Jesus' name on there,
0: I still kind of think that in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why am I going <laughs> to risk it? <laughs> I mean, might as well, right? Right. Right. Uh, um that's funny that we, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of, basically, I mean, it's liturgical, right? It's, it's something that we're taught, and you and I grew up in, in non-liturgical traditions. Uh, well, as, as Michael Devine would have Michael to say. Michael Devine would say they d- are. Differently yeah. liturgical, but uh, certainly not in a high church way. We, we did not have that, but we did have our own liturgy, right? We did have mm-hmm. a liturgy. You had to oh, say yeah. in Jesus' name at the end. It was right. just as important. You wouldn't start the Lord's Prayer any other way than our Father who art in heaven, right? Well, and even like those
1: elements of the blessing that we both have in common, there's some liturgy in, uh, really defined liturgy in what kind of words need to be in this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Magic words, you might say. Mm -hmm. Magic words. Um,
1: You go with Father God or Almighty God, mm -hmm, Dear God. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are your options?
0: Yeah. So was a church I was working in in uh, Oxford, Mississippi that um, they gave me the when they gave, I was the student ministries director, and one day I got to do the prayer. Uh, I got to do the the what was it? The prayers of the people, or the pastoral prayer, or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But I got up there and said, uh, "I prayed, uh, our Father God, our Mother Spirit." our brother Jesus, right? And tried to use the family language mm-hmm. to kind of describe the Trinity. And I got in so much trouble for <laughs> using the mother language <laughs> with the Holy Spirit. But I thought it made sense. It made sense to me. As we're brothers and sisters gathered with our with our fellow brother in the family of God. Um, but so the, the, what, the language that we use in prayers is very important. It's not just important to us. It's important to other people as well.
1: So, as kids, that was the structure of prayers, and that was the routine for prayers. Right. Did you ever go through a phase, I I ask because I did, where you started to think, well, if God knows everything, if God knows what I need, why do I need to pray?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I went through a phase where I... Probably my teenage years were, um, I thought exactly that. And so it's not that I wouldn't pray, but I'd be like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Right. Right. In Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) There you go. Because
1: I'm not going to get that out. But if it's a groaning of the spirit, right, I can just like.
0: It gets to him, right? Uh, So what does that teach us about how we thought about prayer? I mean, when we. So if we think about that, let's say a Christian. Thinks about prayer in the way that you and I did when we were younger. What does that tell us about prayer? What is prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? To get stuff. To get stuff. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily like material stuff, but just to to petition God, right? Yeah. So petitioning God is is kind of the the main way that we think about prayer when we're younger. It's about telling God uh, what we what our concerns are, and asking God to to, um, alleviate those concerns, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and once you figure out that God already knows your concerns, as scripture tells us, right? Mm -hmm. Then, then that, then prayer, I think transitions into something else. If we continue down the journey of discipleship on the road, so to speak, um, how do you, how would you say that you, how do we look at prayer now? I mean, what is, What is the function of prayer in our lives now? I don't know where this is going to hit,
1: but I'll tell you what it is for me now is making the space for God to respond. Okay. That there's something to the prayer that is, yes, still there's um, asking for things, asking for protection or helping, you know, I want the spirit to be present in this decision and I want to make sure I choose the right thing, but then there's also a time of how can I quiet myself to hear God respond?
0: Yeah. Um sometimes it happens right then. Sometimes it doesn't happen right then. So like you're so you're saying the time when you you intentionally just sit in silence. Yeah. And allow for the spirit to speak. Right. Um, I don't do that nearly enough. In my life, I find like I don't have a lot of time for silence. Well, and it's not that. just an issue you have with God. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's just kind of <laughs> James is a little <laughs> fast moving, right? I'm on to the next thing. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, that's exactly right. And I think, uh, I think some some silence and, and some just calm would probably be good. I'm, it feels like I'm mm-hmm. feeling every moment of my day that doesn't have something going on with reading or with some kind of, uh, video or some kind of learning or some kind of, you know, writing or whatever. Uh, it's not, it's never just a moment where I'm, I'm just sitting there and listening to anything, much less what could be more productive than listening to the spirit of God. I feel like Sue Allen right now. Yeah. I I think she had a profound (laughs) impact on us. I'll be honest I love Sue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we've got to get her back in here to talk a little bit about, um, the, the spiritual prayer of journaling because I think that our spiritual discipline of journaling when sure. we do, when we we'll do that, do that we, one. Need to get, we need to get her back in on that um. uh,
1: so I think prayer is that and then I also I've come to look at prayer more you're told it as a kid that I remember being told that you should talk to God like you're talking to a friend right and I really find that a little bit convicting as an adult in that it says something about the kind of relationship you're supposed to have with God.
0: A friendly relationship.
1: And and an ongoing one. Right. Um, not somebody you just drop in. Like, if I dropped in on anybody else, like, I've dropped in on God at periods in my life, yeah. i had some really mad friends. Right, <laughs> right,
0: right. Um. Do you think that's a, so let me, let's talk about that for just a minute, because I'm curious as to whether or not that's, do you still think that's an appropriate way to approach God just as a a friend that you're dropping in on? No.
1: Um, The goal should be that it is a, an ongoing relationship. Like it, 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 it it should be a consistent, it should be a consistent relationship. Okay. Um, Constantly in
0: prayer or... Routinely in prayer. Routinely in prayer. So you have scheduled visits, or maybe not with the Lord. Because it. But Craig, this is not something that we really think about a lot. What what it? What do we mean? What do we? What are we doing when we pray? Like what? What is the purpose of this thing that we're supposed to be that is It's supposed to be one of the most important things that we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, we've already established that God already knows all of our needs and concerns, that God's already, you know, as Methodists, we believe that God is already at work in our lives to prevenient grace, preparing the way. What is, you know, I think. But we're also supposed to follow
1: God and give him a place in our lives. And how well are we able to do that if God gets stuck in a box before meals on Sunday morning? Right before I go to bed, yeah. Um, and and let's face it, that's if I'm being really good, right? Right. That's during a good period, though, right? <laughs> what's What's more likely happening? How often am I really being in communion with God, um, in such a way that God really feels like a friend? Yeah. And what a friend I have in Jesus! What
0: a friend I have in Jesus! I, I went through that phase where I started to feel like that's what exactly what I was doing. That I was I was kind of trapping God in these boxes where I would pray to Him. I'd pray before meals, as I was, grew up, you know. I pray when I woke up in the morning, pray before meals, and then pray before I went to bed. That was my my prayer structure, uh, daily daily discipline, I guess you might say, growing up until until I was in college, and then I realized that uh, I, or I felt like I was putting God in boxes. So I stopped intentionally praying like before meals. I just stopped doing that uh, as a way of trying to make the morning prayer and the evening prayer even more special. Like, uh, you know, and it was not a, that's not a smart thing, but I got out of the habit of praying before meals, mm-hmm. something that I don't even, you know, it's hard for me to remember to even do now. Um, so it, there's an element of I've learned the rules so now I can break them. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and and I think and, you know there's some truth to that in the in in the spiritual life altogether. At the same time, yeah, um, we were just reading First Corinthians in in Bible study this morning and and talking about um, Paul, who says that I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And so he's talking about different behaviors, different spiritual behaviors that he engages in around Jews and Gentiles, uh, and they're different right? But he he finishes that passage by saying that I run the race to win, right? I play to win the game, right? And uh, that it takes incredible amount of discipline and and kind of beating himself into shape to be able to do that. So even though he has freedom to move back and forth between Jews and Gentiles and and different spiritual behaviors between those two things, it's only because he has a rigid self-discipline that is geared toward the gospel of Jesus Christ that he's able to do that.
1: So earlier, were you raising a question about, um, should we be that familiar with God or does God, does God deserve some more reverence than yeah. for me to consider God a friend?
0: I just, I, we, we like to think about Jesus as being our buddy, right? Buddy Jesus and, and, and somebody who's our friend, God is our friend. And that, and that is true. Absolutely. God calls us, Jesus calls us friend. Uh, if we do, if we follow him, if we obey his commands, uh, to love one another, but we're also talking to the god of the universe the creator of the universe and so part of me wants to part of me still wants to have this this very strong reverence and very careful language um when we approach god mm-hmm. right and not just be willy-nilly with what we're saying um and i think part of part of the high church tradition of having liturgies and structured prayers and the, and prayers that are written out you know and not just extemporaneous is is to show the reverence and preparation for praying i don't know though at the same time i don't do that when i talk to you i don't script out what i'm going to say when i come over you get down to your office to talk to you right so i don't know what do you think i I, that i'm i'm torn in between those two places i think both are appropriate i think both maybe have a time and place but i mean this is is creator of the universe i can't just be like hey man what's going on
1: There is a. I do think there's a hair to split between a familiarity that is casual and a familiarity that's regular.
0: Okay, say more about that.
1: Like, I want to have a relationship with God that is regular. That it's something that happens with frequency so that God doesn't feel like a stranger. So that I'm not in a place where I I feel disconnected because I do definitely think there are times when stuff has gone off the rails. I've been out of practice and I feel this disconnect from God. Yeah. And so I certainly want to have a relationship that keeps that closeness. And so there's, I could say familiar and it mean for this not to be a strange thing. Okay. Versus, a familiarity like I have with you, where it kind of gets casual. There, you have maybe lost some reverence. There's not
0: okay. Um, so you, you, you mean familiar and not casual, yeah. So we have a familiar relationship with God and not necessarily a casual relationship. And by casual, we're saying like a, like a irreverent, irreverent, right? Um, no, I think, I think that that's a common feeling though. I think that a lot of people feel that way. Um, I, uh, I, you and I, like, we've talked about this before, I mean, we grew up in unstructured traditions when it came to prayer and, and extemporaneous prayer, you know, even when the mm-hmm. pastor is praying, you know, it has to, it's, if you've written that out, it's not real, mm-hmm. right? Almost as if it's fake. If, if it's some kind of liturgy, then it's not sincere, Although Jesus gave us the very first kind of not the first, but the first Christian, you might say the first Christian uh, liturgical prayer, which is the Lord's Prayer, which we pray every Sunday. How can the spirit move pre-planned? <laughs> well, maybe the maybe the spirit uh, work plant moves better when there's a little bit of a structure there, right? <laughs> Uh, and then, that, that man, the, there's so much that we could. That's something that we need to dive into at some point, maybe during one of our pop culture weeks um, or theological uh, issue weeks. But the idea, the the relationship between um, extemporaneous or, or instantaneous or spontaneous and 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 pre-planned structure, right? So, like this podcast is a great example. We don't do a lot of pre-planning for this because we, we want do not <laughs> right. Because n- number one, we don't have time, but also number two, the 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 main kind of feel we want for this podcast is that it feel like a a, a sort of conversation. This came from conversations that right. you and I were having, right? Uh, and so we want that feel, but at the same time, um, at the same time, we do have. Uh, we do have some level of structure just in the sense that we're sitting we're sitting across from each other we had to prepare the mics and get the sound check right and we had to uh come up with a topic and you well, know well we do have an outline well, for right so i think this is this is um when we talk about um a god who is a god of order not of chaos right he does not god is not somebody who works in disorder God, God's presence is ordering presence. Almost always, if not always, an ordering presence. That's what the scriptures tell us. Uh, now, it may feel like disorder on our end because it is upsetting our order, right? But it is the order of God that is being that is being spoken into the chaos of our lives. I think that it helps us, maybe, 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 uh, to kind of filter ourselves through some kind of order in order to prepare ourselves for that, to hear the Word, right? So that it doesn't just chaos to us. So, for instance, the Lord's Prayer. Why, why do we have this structured prayer that's been ordered out uh, and given to us by Jesus Christ Himself? Maybe it's not because this is a checklist of things that you have to say in a prayer, which is very much what I thought it was growing up, uh, but rather it's to prepare ourselves with this kind of just really simple, basic order, this kind of funnel that the Spirit then can, can work its way through. And and start to open up other areas in our life uh, that the prayer actually speaks to that we've never even thought of before. I don't know. Does that make sense, or is that just total chaos? You no, know, so. I think it does make sense.
1: I mean, that is, I, I'm actually a fan of the pre-written prayers. Yeah. Um, because I do have you think, always been though? I mean, uh, I mean that was a new concept. Um, because yeah, I'm come from a tradition of extemporaneous prayer so
0: how did you make that transition to being a fan of that like what was that I just it?
1: wanting to try other traditions I mean really going to college and being like yeah. you know I want to see what the Lutherans are doing and what the Episcopalians are doing and what the Presbyterians and are doing you were attracted to it. Is something that you were like I really like this yeah yeah once I got into it yeah w- and there was something and I don't know why it mattered but for some reason I liked the idea of praying a prayer that Christians had prayed for yeah Thousands yeah, no. of years. I love that. Know? I love that. Um, the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. you know, having that synopsis of the gospel. Yeah. Here you go. No. This is what we believe.
0: Even though the Apostles' Creed leaves out quite a bit. It does. Uh, of the gospel, even. I mean, it leaves out the entire life of Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? basically. You go straight from Virgin Mary to uh, Pontius Pilate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's definitely just grabbing the high points. (laughs) But those aren't even all the high points. I don't know. Uh, Well, how long do you want it to be, James? (laughs) Just read the Gospel of Mark. (laughs) Just every Sunday. Every Sunday. We read the whole Gospel (laughs) of Mark. So one of the things that uh, I've learned as I've gotten older about prayer uh, and and as I said before, I think a lot of us when we're younger, we we think about prayer as being petitioning God or or asking God to pay attention to us. Um, I have found, you know, one of the one of the big questions I guess that that are is asked by people uh, from time to time. I get this in class a lot. I think that all of us have had this question before at some point, which is can we change God's mind, right? And if we can't change God's mind or God's plan about something, then what sense does it make to pray about it? Oh, I've been here and done this. Okay, so mm-hmm. so this is a this is something that I think a lot of people think about, you know, maybe they won't admit it out loud, but we all think this at some point, you know, can we change God's mind? Okay, that's a big theological question. Well, I mean, this is not too far off the bucket of if God knows everything, why do I have to pray? No, that's right. It's it, I think it's identical uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so let's talk about that for just a minute. If if we can't change God's mind and, and that's that's we're gonna leave that. Why do we
1: think we can't?
0: <laughs> why do we think we can? Or can't No, why do we think we can't?
1: Yeah. Um well I think for some reason we're prepackaged to believe that God is unchangeable.
0: Right, no, we are.
1: But I read a lot of
0: scripture that seems to indicate Otherwise, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In fact, you don't even get like six chapters into the Bible before God's like, ah, "I made a mistake. I regret this." Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, one of the reasons why that is is we have um, we have two different conceptions of God, right? I, I've talked we've talked about this before, I think, mm-hmm. but two different conceptions of God going on inside of our head. We have we have a very uh, Greek conception of God, and and by that I don't mean like Zeus and Athena. I mean like the philosophers, so like Plato and Aristotle, Socrates, these guys. This idea of God as being uh, perfect and unchangeable, because if you're perfect, you can't change. So, mm-hmm. and that includes emotions. Like God can't. If you're have perfect. Emotions. You don't need to change. You don't. If you, yeah, if you changed, you wouldn't be perfect anymore, right? right. And that includes emotional states. So God doesn't have emotions. God doesn't have um, God doesn't have emotions, and so the kind of understanding of the Greek God, uh, the philosophical God that we have, that which we've inherited through people like Augustine. And Western philosophy, and we just, we just have this as part of who we are, um, is this idea of a God who can't change is perfect, and so doesn't really have much in the way of a personal relationship with us. The, the God we read about in the Bible is a kind of more of a Hebrew conception of God, which is a God that is very personal and wants to partner with us and is deeply, deeply involved with us emotionally and changes, and changes. Now, the character of God may not change. Right, So God is who God is. I am who I am, as he says. Uh, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to participate in true relationship with us, and that would involve some level of compromise from here to here, from time to time. And you can see that uh, in stories in Scripture. Um, the story of Hezekiah is a great example. King Hezekiah, who is told that he is going to die, mm-hmm. and and then... Uh, it begs God, you know, give me, give me more time. And he gets like 15 more years and mm-hmm. ends up being a mistake. Ends up being a huge mistake because it leads to the Babylonian exile. But, but God, in all, for all intents and purposes, at least from our perspective, changes his mind in that, in that story. So when it comes
1: to saying a prayer, there we talked about kind of the liturgy of prayer in our tradition. And oftentimes I would hear people say, You know, whatever it is, God, your will be done. Yeah. And that one in this same vein kind of always struck me as, well, if you don't want him to do anything in particular, why are you like how? And in that same bucket of how are you not going to ask for a particular outcome? And maybe that is just a really faithful thing to pray yeah god your will be done and of course christ has that what well, in but, the lord's prayer but
0: let's well don't let's not let's not forget about jesus christ himself praying in the garden of gethsemane right where he does specifically ask for a different outcome right where yeah. he's saying i don't really want to do this if there's any other way let this cup pass mm-hmm. from me right okay. but he finishes it with but your will be, will done. be done uh and and in that moment God, you know, elects not to answer that prayer. At least, in, you know, Jesus must go through with what he must go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, if he's not going to answer Jesus' prayer, why would he answer mine, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. They uh, so well, but
1: also Jesus calmed the storm and yeah. healed a leper
0: and he did some stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I don't know that we exactly read it as prayer but it was definitely a communication with God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you get the you get the feeling that Jesus was in constant communication with God, right? Well, he was endowed with the Holy Spirit like like yeah. He was uh in constant relationship with God, but he did also make and special so, time to go off and pray privately even by himself. Um So then under.
1: if Christ's miracle working is God intervening in the ordinary pattern of nature,
0: yeah. then God will change his mind. Yeah. I think I I just, I can't, from my very small position in the world, it's very hard for me to believe that God is, um, God is unable to change his mind. And I think, I think, let me, well, let let me say it this way. I think that we are called upon to petition God for the things that we desire and the things that we want. Like I, I don't, it, from from a particular perspective, like God wants to hear about our, you know, our desires. God wants yeah. to hear about our passions. God wants to hear about the things that that um that that we care about. So there's a tradition within the church. Uh, called Praying the Hours, and it's something that is part of that mystical tradition that you were uncomfortable <laughs> with earlier, um, but it's also part of the it's part of the Jesuit tradition. It's part of the okay. Catholic tradition, it's, it's, and it's older than that. It's not just a thing that belongs to them, but um, it's something that I think we see Jesus himself doing. But it's called Praying the Hours, and that means pr- praying at a particular time every single day. Um, and what I thought we would do is, starting um, this month, November, we would do um every single day we would pray three times a day at particular times so when we wake we pray at noon we would pray and before we go to bed we'd pray now i it may actually be better to set times to these things so that at 8 a.m. we pray is this how the muslims do it james uh well they they got it from they got it from their christian brothers and sisters but yeah they pray five times a day uh Facing Mecca, right? Wow. Now, we don't so we're not to, even. We don't have to five face, times a day. You know, well, I thought we. I thought we start with something. Start with three. Let's start all with right. three and see where we get. Um. Uh. <laughs> so how about? I thought maybe we. What we do is. Um. I, it might be better to set a time to it. So if we did eight a.m., noon, and eight p.m. Well, do my times have to be the same as yours? Yeah. I, I, well, I think so. I think. I think. Uh. I, I guess not. I guess not. But maybe. All right. So. Let's say, yeah, no, let's do 8 a.m., James,
1: every morning. you be up and praying at 8 a.m. No, I need to. I need to. Um,
0: (laughs) Do we need to have the same times, James? Uh, (laughs) I guess not. I I thought it'd be easier for us to keep each other accountable if we did. Now, that's a good point. Yeah. If
1: we're, uh, you know, set an alarm on your phone and then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
0: and, and our prayer is as simple as this, the Lord's Prayer. Okay. So for each of those three times. Now, this doesn't exclude any other prayer that we want to throw in there, right? But for those— That is
1: on top of this, or—
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if you decide you want to pray with your family or something, you can't be like, no, I only pray these three times, you know? And, or, oh, okay. or if it's Sunday morning and you want to join in the prayer of the people or something like that, it's not right. like, oh, I can't do that. This is uh, this is something we're adding on top of whatever it is we're already doing okay. in our lives. But uh, to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer in the morning at some time, 8 a.m. maybe— noon and then 8 p.m. or sometime in the evening and whatever time it is that w- we decide whether it's individually or together it should be the same time every day so it's we're, we're what we're trying to do is form a habit and, and create a structure right okay um and and to pray through their prayer as simple as that and then like a moment of silence right just to kind mm-hmm. of as you were talking about before give some room for the spirit to move um as i've gotten as i've gotten older what i've realized about prayer is is that it's it's less about petition it's less about trying to change god's mind as we were talking about before but mm-hmm. really more about like you were saying providing a space for the spirit to transform me right yeah. what prayer does yeah. is over time it transforms our will to align with god's will right so that mm-hmm. when we pray then like as jesus says when we pray in Jesus' name Whatever we ask for will be given us, because we will have been moved toward the will of God itself. So oh. it's already going to come. It's going to mm-hmm. come. It's God's will. But that—that's the point of prayer, and really the point of being a disciple, is to shape our wills into the will of God. I think, and that's something that, have, as far as prayer has gone, has, has come has become more and more uh, apparent to me in the past few years of my life. So.
1: Okay, working through disciple and where we just did Daniel. The Old Testament, Daniel in particular, centers around um, God calling the people to serve him and the prophets calling the people out for uh, serving other gods. And we see particularly in Daniel during the Babylonian exile, um, Daniel is still trying to serve his God, the one true God, while he's surrounded by pagan people in Babylon that are basically throwing down the gauntlet on a few occasions and saying, Nope, you're gonna have to serve our God and if you don't, we're gonna kill you.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, even after Daniel had um as I recall, it's been a while since I've read Daniel, but as I recall he uh he had he had worked his way up, right? Through the Yeah, the power so he's structure. in like
1: the royal court. And even then they're still coming after him because he refused to serve to worship the king as God, or to serve the other gods that the, the Babylonians revered.
0: So um, so, are you saying that his, his act of prayer was a, a distinctive, praying to Yahweh, praying to God, was a distinctive act for him, but it wasn't about him. It was about... It was about, for me, it was about faithfulness. Um,
1: that that was a commitment that he made to his God that he could read in the scriptures that these are the ways we're called to be set apart. Whether it was um, about the
0: food laws, um, just a, about a distinctiveness identity. Yeah, it's like that's. I mean, if you think about the law itself, is just one big spiritual practice, right? One big spiritual right. discipline. Um, and this is the way in which the people of Israel um, were made distinctive. Their identity was, was made to stick out, because that's, that's kind of the whole point of all of this. One of the things, you know, prayer is supposed to be one of those things for us, right? Right. All these spiritual disciplines. Coming to worship on Sunday morning is supposed to be an act of distinction, right? It's supposed to be an act of um, declaring our identity. And so, when, Daniel, when particularly when you're talking about Daniel praying that's what he gets in trouble for, right?
1: That's what he gets thrown in the lines den He in gets for. thrown in the
0: yeah. lines den for that. because, and, and what's funny about that is because the people who are hunting him down know exactly what time of day he'll be praying, right? Yeah. Because he's on that same schedule he's that we've been that talking discipline. about. So it's actually his faithfulness that gets him in trouble to a certain degree, you might say. And yet he continues to do it. in a In a world, a nation that we live in now, where a lot of people consider themselves to be Christian— in the world that we live in, in particular, where we deal with mostly people who consider themselves Christian on a daily basis. Yep. Is there a way that practicing prayer in the way that we're talking about makes us distinctive, or is it something that has a different effect for us today? Neither one of us are going to be thrown to the lion's for no. doing this practice that we're talking about doing, right?
1: No. Yeah. If, well, <laughs> it is funny how powerful— Public opinion is, and how in some ways we don't want to be held as distinctive. Like you don't want to be the guy that's praying in the restaurant, right? Yeah. Um, and we're not even going to be thrown in the lions den. Yeah. This will be interesting to see if uh, what effect. Yeah. What effect the routine has.
0: So we'll we'll do this for the month of November, and then when we get together in December to talk about our next spiritual practice, and we'll kick around some ideas for that, um, we'll have a little recap and see <laughs> if it's something that has had an impact and there's something that, um, something we want to continue to keep doing, maybe even. We'll see. We'll see. And again, I invite anyone else who listens to this podcast, I invite anyone who, who wants to participate with us, and, and if you do, let us know. Let us know that you're doing that. And uh, let us know how it's going, and maybe we can uh, figure out a way to, to get some of your responses into our, our assessment at the end of the month.
1: We really need, like, a voicemail box. We do. Like a radio yeah, station.
0: We do, we do. We can work on that. Um, well, Nick, this has been a great conversation about prayer and, and spiritual disciplines. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this. I, I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued. This, this,
1: will be, this will be a level of, like, routine and commitment to a process that I haven't had in a while. So
0: it'll be like going to the gym. It will be three times a day. I'm going to be spiritually jacked and tan. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, I'm glad that we had this conversation and, uh, Northside. Thanks for joining us and, uh, we'll see you next week. Amen. Amen.